Good morning. It's good to see everyone. And um, we just got back from hot, sunny, very hot Florida. We're always there when it's a record cold where the lizards are falling out of the trees because they're frozen. And then we're there when it's record hot for the year. It was like 98 with a real feel of 108. <laughs> I just have to laugh because it, it was hot. And with that, though, you know when the rain comes, it's really refreshing. And I didn't mind when it rained because, you know, when it gets that hot, it, it'll rain for like maybe an hour, 40 minutes. And the sun is still shining. And it's funny because when it did rain, we knew it was coming. We were prepared. And we were sitting under a, a little umbrella thing at a, at a restaurant. And people were just scattering like squirrels. It was so funny. <laughs> Sam's like, they weren't prepared. But um, anyway, I just say that because rain is refreshing, and it cooled it down like 15 degrees, it seemed like. Then it was just enough to steam us like crabs after that. So, it, But it was still very fun, still very good, still very refreshing. I still love when it's hot. I still love when it rains. And, you know, um, what I wanted to talk about, just a quick brief moment when you said he forgives our sins as far as the east is from the west. You know what that really means? Why, did he, why didn't he go north and south? Because you can, once you go north, you, you're going to be coming south again. But when you go east, you're never going to go west. When you go west, you're never going to go east. So isn't that, isn't that good? Just let that little nugget, you know, go deep in your spirit. He just, so you might remember it, but he doesn't, you know. But um, so I just wanted to say that. And also, uh, whenever it does rain, I don't know, is Alice here? No. Well, she would appreciate this because she's been, she didn't want me to say, she said, oh, tell anybody, but she's been kind of helping me with my flowers and everything like that. And she'll do a little drive by and see how I'm doing and give me a little grade and all of that thing. And, um, you know, I was like, Alice, will you come and help me? You know, and sometimes, and that's how we are at church, you know, we want to come and we want the pastor or whoever to do things for us and all that kind of thing. But sometimes when the rain comes, it'll bring some weeds and then I'm going to have to be the one that's going to go out there and take care of it. You know, and so when, it, when, when storms comes and you're going to get some weeds and stuff, we can't always be there for us to take care of it, but then you're going to get mad at us if we can't always do that. Well, I'm not saying it. I don't know what Holy Spirit, I'm going that way. But um, anyway, I just want you to be prepared that when rains come, rains are refreshing. But it seems like, and, and there's growth. And when there's growth, then I noticed when we came back, because it rained here as well, and in the back I have uh, a little flowery, and I'm like, don't give me too much. I can't handle too much. I need things to kind of help take care of itself themselves because I'll just get overwhelmed and I won't do anything. And so there's very little to do. But do you know that there's still weeds that will come up anyway, even though there's very little to do? And there's this huge weed that it's as huge as a tree. I'm like, how in the world did that thing get so big? And I'm just kind of ignoring it. And the more I ignore it, the bigger that it's getting. And so you can't ignore these things when, when storms come and pestilence come. you you, you got to go out there and take care of it. So the seed that we get here is something that you need to protect and cultivate in your heart. And it's, it's not a work. It's just a response because, you know, things look really pretty. You know, you're growing and you're bearing fruit and everything. But then these weeds will come up and... 
and you're not taking care of, of those things, and then before you know it, then it'll get down into your root system, and then it starts to eat at the root, and then, you know, it starts to decay, and then when a storm comes, then a tree falls over, and then you see that the root is decayed. And I'm not saying that Jesus is ever going to decay or ever going to do that. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about in our soul, our, our, our spirit, our walk here in this life, that there's going to be things. We think it's all... You know, everything's great. And the, and the goal isn't to be, you know, we are like trees planted by the water where no matter what season we're going to flourish, we're going we're gonna to bear fruit. The goal of us being trees and, and everything isn't to be the biggest tree. It's to produce fruit. It, you know, he's the pr- producer of it. We just bear it. And so we're not here to be the biggest and the best, although that would be great. But it's, it's to produce fruit. It's what's coming out. What's the purpose of grace life? The grace life is we want the, we want to teach a word, and it's always you know the ground is is good because you got to have depth in the ground for the seed to really take root and grow. And a lot of times we we're just looking for a deep word. You know, it's always grace. It's just grace. Well, there's grace is always going to be a part of our language. We're always going to intermingle grace always in our language, love and the mercy and the goodness of God and how good you are in your identity. But you need to let that word go deep. We don't always need a deep word. You need maybe that little nugget. Maybe the far as the east is from the west, just think on that. He, he's not, you know, let that go deep in your heart and your spirit and your soul and grab that. It's like he's not, for, he's not remembering that. And so when he removes that, he removes the shame of any kind of sin that you might have, you know, done. But anyway, I just wanted to encourage you about that, that we're not out to be the biggest tree, but wherever God has planted you, he just wants you to bear fruit and to have a quality of fruit and so that you can help others, you can be refreshing to others, to go out there that you can grow here, but then when, when, when rain comes, it's always refreshing, but when the weeds start growing and then you get mixed up in something a little different, don't ignore it. Holy Spirit will help you and remind you, hey, we need to get rid of that. Sometimes when he prunes things, he'll prune something to make room for better fruit. You know, it might be a grapevine make, might make big, good grapes, but it doesn't make good wine right? So that's what a vine dresser will do when he goes out. He's going to prune. He's going to lift up things that are on the ground that, you know, it makes room for better fruit. And so don't think, oh, well, he's pruning to leave, you know, grace. Well, okay, you can say that, but that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying that when he prunes and whenever he, you, he brings things to your attention for you to go out and care for, you, for the garden that he's planted you in. And um, so just those little things like that help bring it practical it's like we it was raining we came home and all that I've been doing really well there's this huge weed I don't even know what it is she says well sometimes birds will come and they'll drop things off and I'm like well I don't want that you know and and so I'll have to go out and I'll call I'm like Dallas can you come and help well a lot of times she what she's doing and then so what we're doing is so you come here and you get equipped that you can handle when a storm comes right and you know because you've got a word that went deep in your spirit, that went deep in your heart, that is going to help your soul. And your spirit man is strong, and he's, he's, he's getting watered, and you're refreshing. So anyway, I just wanted to say that. Hopefully that helped you. The rain in Florida and the rain here and the rain and 
all of that's refreshing. But anyway, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day. We thank you, God, for each person here, Lord. Open our ears, open our eyes, give us hearts to receive. Let us be receptive to the word that you're going to speak through Jamie today. And may the word that he says, even if it's just a tiny word, let it go deep in our spirit, that it may plant and grow and flourish, and it's going to be refreshing. And that, Lord, that it's going to be bear fruit, that we can help nourish somebody else out there that we come into contact with. We love you, we honor you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Very good. Yes, yes. Um, sometimes I bring a written copy of the scriptures with me to the pulpit. <laughs> and I guess recently I posted a picture on Facebook of standing up here and my Bible was in front of me and somebody wanted to know what kind of Bible I was using. I knew where they were going. But I said, it's a thin line Bible. It's a, it's a you know, it's not one of those thick ones. Lisa has a big study Bible that, with commentary and all that. I just had a little thin one, and I don't use it much anymore because my eyesight is not as good, and those are tiny words, and I need to get a giant print. So when I put it on the screen, my kids tease me all the time because my font on my phone is so large uh, and big. But anyway, he wanted to debate with me what version I was using, and not only what version I was using, who the author of it was. I didn't know what he meant because I thought the Holy Ghost was the author of the whole book. Uh, he wanted to know what publisher. Uh, if if you get caught up in that, I, you know, I, to me it doesn't really matter uh, as much because when I have read multiple versions and studying, I still see the blood. I can't get any help this morning. I still see the cross and an empty tomb. I still see that Jesus loves me, this I know, but why? Because the Bible tells me so. All right, well, that was a side note, that was free. Get your Bibles out since we're discussing uh, about the versions of the Bible. Um, what I have memorized most of the time comes out in the King James, and I use the New King James the majority of the time, but I do use other uh, versions, and you will see some of that this morning as I make a point. If you've never done so, whether you're here in the building or you're watching online this morning, please visit gracelifewv.com, and on the front page you'll see a link to the Statement of Faith for Grace Life Church. And if you've been attending and you've never read that, I would encourage you to read that and then ask questions if you have any. But we are going back to the basics this morning. I uh, and just so much appreciate what Lisa was saying because it was an incredible introduction to what we're, where we're going today because I feel like sometimes we're giving deep revelation and deep thoughts. People grab a hold of those revelations and some don't and it goes over their head and that's not my intentions. And so I felt the Holy Spirit say, uh, keep it simple, stupid, and just bring it back down to the, the basics and let's get back to some rudiment uh, teaching so go with me to Hebrews, the fifth chapter, as we begin. Thank you, Pastor Jen, for the uh, wonderful word last week on hope. Uh, and it's kicked off our series on back to the basics, because if we don't have hope, that's a basic thing that we need to make it is just to have hope. Um, but Paul is saying in Hebrews, the fifth chapter, as he writes to the Hebrews, verse 12, I'm using the complete study Bible version, and it says, although by this time you ought to be teachers yourselves, you need someone to teach you the basic principles of God's revelation again. 
I do not believe that uh, in the voice in which he's speaking that he is being downgrading towards these people, that he is trying to tell the Hebrews that sometimes we've got to go back to the basics. If I was a coach and my team was struggling, we would go back to the fundamentals. We've got to get down to the ground level and then we can build from there a fresh and anew. And so I believe that Holy Spirit was saying to me that it was time to come back to the basics. Let's, let's get some foundation and groundwork here because I believe when we do and as we do, we will grow as individuals in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And as we grow, actually as we become healthy, we will automatically grow. And then out of our growth, it will cause growth in others and even in growth in our congregation. What Paul is saying is you've been taught, but we need to review the basic principles of God's revelation. Do you know that your journey and my journey, all of our journeys with the Lord, started out with believing? Does that make sense? If you have not believed, you've not really started out in your journey walking with the Lord. The first reference to the word believe is found in Genesis. Genesis is a book of beginnings. Genesis is a seed book. What do I mean by that? Genesis begins to plant seeds of the principles of God from the very beginning that once planted begin to grow and blossom throughout the scriptures to its full maturation when we see Jesus Christ the tree of life. Genesis 15, verse 6, Abram believed, underline that word in your Bible. Abram believed the Lord, I'm saying Abram because his name wasn't changed yet. He was Abram before he became Abraham. So it's Abram believed the Lord and the Lord credited or accounted it unto him as righteousness. Um, He believed, started his journey by believing that the word of the Lord, what was the word of the Lord? Uproot, move. I'll show you where I'm going to take you. Then he says, and he obeys, and then he says to him in his old age, you're going to bear a son, your wife's going to bear a son. He believed that word. Hebrews even tells us that he was unwavering in believing that word. And God counted that on his account as righteousness. Let's look at the screen and let's look at the word grace in the Hebrew. The Hebrew language is a picture language. Did anyone ever learn about uh, Egyptian hieroglyphics when you were in school? It was a picture language. The Hebrew language is a picture language. The word grace or pesed there is a picture language. And if you look at that, I can't see it because I don't know the language. You probably can't see it if you haven't learned the language. But it is a picture of a shepherd walking with the sheep. And a little lamb is having a difficult time walking. So the shepherd reaches down and grabs the front legs with one hand. And he reaches down and grabs the back legs with the other hand. And he picks up the, she- the lamb, the little lamb, and puts it on his shoulders and begins to carry it. it this is a picture of grace 
in the light of Hebrew, the Hebrew language. And I believe that God reached out of heaven with one hand and he grabbed humanity and he reached out, Jesus reached out and grabbed humanity by one hand and he reached up into heaven and he grabbed God by the other hand and his grace has been shed abroad in our hearts and he's carrying us. Simple. Back to the basics. Do we believe that? The word believe is amon. It means to lean upon. In the Hebrew, it's a verb. And it means that what you, you can't lean on nothing. Does that make sense? I mean, if I begin to lean and there's nothing to lean on, I'm going to lose my balance. I'm going to fall. Yeah, and you would laugh at me. <laughs> so in the word itself, believe, you have to have an object to which you are leaning Upon, What did Abraham lean on? He leaned on the word. He believed the word that God gave him. And as he did, then God counted it unto him as righteousness. He didn't perform any act. He didn't go through any ritual. He didn't go through any sacrifice or any burning of animals or anything else. He believed. I think that's incredibly powerful. Proverbs 3 Verses 5 through 6 tells us to trust in the Lord or to believe in the Lord with all of our heart and not to lean on our own understanding because there's really nothing to lean on. We don't have understanding without Him. And when we do, we'll fall. So we acknowledge the Lord in all of our ways and He makes our paths straight. When I'm leaning on my own understanding, I end up, Hills and valleys, turns. You think you've been on turns in West Virginia roads. Keep on making your own decision. This really comes to culmination in John the 6th chapter, verses 28 and 29, when the people ask, what, 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 must, what work of God must we do? And Jesus responds by saying, the only work of a believer is to believe in the one whom God sent. This is probably one of the most important things that I'll say this morning. Right believing leads to right living. There are so many frustrated Christians sitting in pews because they've heard messages of nothing but right living. And that is talking to your behavior. And listen, I do believe that once you have believed that you will begin, your behavior will begin to change. But if all you do is change your behavior and your heart hasn't changed, you're a good person. But right believing will automatically lead to right living and you'll do more on accident for God than you ever did on purpose. But if you don't believe right, see if we buy into the lies and we believe the lies, that's why we sang in this song this morning, here's where I lay down all, my, all the lies, all the doubt. I lay it down and I surrender I lean on you. I'm putting my faith and my trust in you and you are going to direct my path because right believing leads to right living. Matthew 9 verse 16, the rich young ruler comes to Jesus and he says, Teacher, what good deed must I do to inherit eternal life? Number one, you don't do anything to inherit something. 
I can't do anything to, in, to inherit anything. The one who is giving the inheritance makes a decision to give that inheritance. And it's not, I mean, Darius can't do anything to receive an inheritance from me. If I choose out of my will to give him an inheritance, it's then a gift and there's no good deed that must be done, but we still hear messages mostly about good deeds to retain or to keep our salvation. And most of that deals with making sure that you do enough to get to heaven. Well, if I can convince you in right believing that the moment you believed you secured your place in heaven now we can work on right living or abundant living in the here and now and miss a lot of and avoid a lot of the hell on earth that we're going through then in Acts 16 30 through 31 the Philippian jailer comes in Paul and Silas have been singing the doors are open the chains fall off and he says sirs what must I do to be saved. See the mentality there? And I believe that there's still a lot of mentality when it comes to a relationship with the Father that we must do something to deserve that relationship. Listen, Jesus has already done everything that needs to be done for you to have a relationship with the Father. Now, don't take this teaching and go out and say, I don't have to do anything. There is a difference between earning and effort, and don't get them confused. You don't earn anything from God, but once you have received and believed and received, now there's some effort that is put into living right because you believe right. Then Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says that it is by grace, through faith, or through believing, that we are saved and it's not in your own doing it is a gift of God not a result of work so that we can't boast because God knows if I could do it on my own I'd be telling everybody how I did it we don't we can't boast or brag now the word faith and the word believe in the Greek are the same word it's pistis it's a trust in or a relying upon, leaning upon, and it means to place confidence in. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever pistis, believes, leans upon, puts confidence in what he has done, shall not perish but have everlasting life. I see a picture in my mind, of some pillars. And these pillars, some denominations, groups call them the tenets of their faith, but I believe that a pillar is something that upholds or holds up something, and it is strong, it is sturdy, it is concrete, and you can lean upon it without it falling over. Does that make sense? The pillars are something to lean upon. Now, go read the Statement of Faith for Grace Life Church, but I want to touch on some real quick this morning. We believe in the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You can say amen or on me wherever you want. Let me show you that God said in the beginning, let us, plural, 
make man in our, plural, image. And the image of the Father is a trinity. It is triune. God is triune. See God in the middle of this triangle. He is Father. He is Son. And He is Holy Ghost. Three and one. You and I are created in that image. Man is created in the image of God, so we are triune. Do you understand that? You have a body that you live in. You are a spirit, and you possess a soul. This will decay and never make it. This is the real you. This is how God sees you. You were dead in your sins and trespasses. When you believed, you came alive, and that which was was mortal took on immortality that which was corrupt took upon incorruption and your spirit man shall live forever and it is immortal and incorrupt you have received an incorruptible seed does that make sense this never dies but this is where we are living today this is where we struggle this is completely whole well saved delivered set free but in our mind our will and our emotions is where we battle and struggle This is being saved. That's the renewing of our mind by the washing of the word. That's where repentance comes in. We repent because of our thoughts, our deeds, and our actions. Because when we, in our mind realm, and the mind is different from the brain. The brain is a part of the body. It takes up physical matter. The mind is where you have thoughts. But in your mind, will, and emotion, when your mind when your, your will is struggling and then you have thoughts in your mind, it will produce an emotional response if you act upon that. That's where we are dealing with. The messages that we are trying to communicate with you, 90% of the time or more, we're dealing right here because this is where you're living. Your mind, your will, and your emotion. If you have believed unto salvation... Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that thou shalt be saved, that he is the Lord, you shall be saved. Your spirit man's whole. Well saved, never can be uh, backslidden, never can be taken away. If you've believed, you secure in heaven. When you die, your spirit's going to heaven. But right now, we're dealing with the soul. But we believe in a triune God and a triune human. I could spend a whole series just talking about that. We believe in the virgin birth. Nod your head and at least signify that you are in the building and you're awake and you hear my voice. (laughs) Because without a, a virgin birth, you don't have a sinless Savior. And without a sinless Savior, you don't have a perfect sacrifice. Behold the Lamb of God, the perfect Lamb, the spotless Lamb, the one without sin, without spot and blemish who takes away the sin of the world. We believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection. But you can't stop at the resurrection. We believe he ascended and that he is now seated in his session at the right hand of the Father, executing the will of the Father for his people. We believe in the work of the Holy Spirit in the believer. We believe in the gospel of grace. We believe by his stripes we are already healed. What is healed? The spirit man has no sickness. The physical body is what is experiencing the sickness, the uh, the, the symptoms of sickness, we believe, and by study by a Christian neuroscience 
scientists that 83% of all the physical body sickness is because of our thoughts, the way we think. If we think right, not only will we begin to believe right and live right, our body will begin to function right. I believe that all things are possible to him who believes. We begin our journey with the Lord simply by believing. But, just like Jesus said to Jairus, what brought Jairus to Jesus when his daughter was sick? What, what brought him to Jesus? Come on, give me some feedback. Faith, okay, that's a good one. Belief, faith and belief, the same thing. He believed need brought him to Jesus. He had a need Desperation. He was desperate to find somebody. In that same story, you're dealing with a woman who was completely desperate. She'd spent all that she had, yet grew worse. None of the doctors could help her. But they hoped, they believed, they had faith that if Jesus had done it for someone else, he would do it for them. So belief, faith, hope, desperation is what brought them to Jesus but Jesus tells Jairus even when his daughter dies so if your finances are dead if you have dead relationships if you've believed unto salvation don't stop believing like journey sings keep on believing that's what he tells Jairus even when there doesn't seem to be any hope when there doesn't seem to be any way through it Jesus tells Jairus don't fear Keep on believing. I'm standing before you. We're getting back to the basics this morning, and I'm telling you, keep on believing. The word believe is defined in the Webster's Dictionary as regard as true or to accept as truth. I accept and I believe everything that I just read to you as truth. Those who have placed their faith and trust in Jesus... And what he has done, because we believe in the finished work of the cross, that he completed all the work that there needed to be done, John 19, 30, for our salvation. Now we are called believers. And those who have not placed their faith and trust are unbelievers. In the eyes of God, we who have believed are not that much different from those who haven't believed. It's just that those who have believed are acknowledging and beginning the journey of a guaranteed promise of God. And here's what begins to happen. We're marked by God when we believe. Believers, it's just a simple, basic truth that when you believe, you're marked by God. You're marked with His approval. You're marked with His acceptance. You're marked as an answer to someone else's problem. Love what Lisa was saying. You are a tree planted and you bear fruit that becomes healing to the nations. It becomes nourishment to the nations and it can provide shade for those who are burning in the sun. You have an assignment that leads to a purpose. You're marked by God as a believer. Listen to this. As a believer, we must realize that all obstacles are now opportunities. There any roadblock or hindrance or detour 
They're not obstacles. Don't see them as obstacles. See that, believe that that is an opportunity. What's it an opportunity for? For what we believe to manifest and become a reality. I mean, I can stand up here all day long and say, I believe in healing. But if there's someone who is sick, there's that then is an obstacle to my belief that God is a healer. So then I have to keep on believing and release my faith and confess over those who are sick that they are healed believing that that which is uh, impossible is now a possibility. It's not an obstacle. It's an opportunity. And then that becomes a reality in their life. I'll wrap it up. Because you have believed, you have received eternal life. Folks, I still believe that we've got to put our faith and trust in the one who did the work for us. The scripture points out too many times that we believe and therefore we receive. Eternal life is available for everyone who believes, puts their faith and relies on, leans upon what Jesus did for them. It's the Zoe life of God. This life is a present reality full of abundance. It's a present position of confident assurance, but it is a promise of a future reality in the presence of the Lord when my body gives out. Frank, if you guys would come. Because you have believed, you walked in favor. The moment you believe, you begin to walk in the favor. When your journey began, you began to walk in the favor of the Lord. It's what he declared at the beginning of his ministry to profusely abound. What does that word profuse mean? It means he is pouring forth liberally his favor on those who believe. It's exhibiting with abundance. Because you have believed, you are protected. 1 John 5.18 says we are convinced that everyone fathered by God, born of Him, does not make sinning a way of life. Did you hear that? You didn't say you didn't sin. It says we don't make it a way of life. Because the Son of God protects the child of God and the evil one like M.C. Hammer said, can't touch this. I just told my age. And I used to wear the pants too. Yeah, I got some pictures of it. Let's stand together. Christ's divine presence within the believer preserves you and protects you against all evil. Didn't say you don't have an enemy. Didn't say that the enemy doesn't battle you in your mind and come against you. He is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, but his bark is a whole lot bigger than his bite because he's already been whooped. Am I here believe an actor? <laughs> I've been gripped by grace. 
And I believe that the grip that God has on me is greater than the grip that I could ever have on Him. And because I've believed in the finished work of the cross, I'm experiencing His favor and grace on my life. Surely goodness and mercy have been following me all the days of my life. You know, David said that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Do you know you've got it better than David did? Because now God dwells in you as the house of God forever. Surely goodness and mercy are following you. The blessing of the Lord is overtaking me. It's before me, it's behind me, it's beside me, it's all around me. And it's not just for me, but it's for my children and my children's children and a thousand generations. Why? Because we believed. In Acts 16, 30 and 31, when the Philippian jailer comes out and he says, What must I do to be saved? Peter, or Paul and Silas just said, Believe. Believe on the Lord, and thou shalt be saved, and watch this, and thy family. When we believe, it's a family plan. And I believe it will begin to infect and impact everyone connected to us that's why it's important for us to believe but not just believe for salvation but to keep on believing that the promises of God are yes and amen in every area of my life so you know there there's situations there there's financial situations there's financial situations in our church we thought our roof was going to cost us about $3500 they got into it and now it's $12000 rotten wood up there in the back you know we're, the deacons are having to make some decisions about but you know what we're going to keep on believing we're going to keep on believing listen he, he brought someone in that the very first service they were in here they heard us talking about the air conditioning going out and before they left the service had already provided the means to take care of that air conditioning situation we're going to keep on believing that those who are having struggling relationships that God's going to resurrect those dead relationships we're believing that the promises of God that you have not seen come to full maturity and fruition in your life we're going to keep on believing that that which he promised is still don't quit between the declaration and the demonstration keep on believing I have a friend who's wife is extremely ill with cancer and we just say we just going to keep on believing I, listen I can't explain to you why one makes it and God heals them then they the cancer goes into remission and they live a full and healthy life and then the next one doesn't I, I, I don't I don't understand that but I'm going to keep on believing if you just lift your hands and just receive from the Lord and say Lord I'm going to keep on believing you know that situation. He knows your heart. He knows what you've been struggling with. And that today you're just going to bring it back down to a simple understanding. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. In the areas where I'm struggling, help me to continue to believe, to lean upon you, not to trust in my own understanding. So I hear the Lord saying to me directly and to share it with you that, 
you've been leaning on your own understanding and you're trying to work it out. Quit trying to work it out. Take your hands off of it. Give it to God. And Lord, I surrender today. I take my hands off of it and I place it at your feet. You can do more in seconds than I can do in centuries. So I'm going to stop trying to work it out. I'm believing in you. I'm putting my faith and my trust in you. I'm fully relying on you and I'm acknowledging you in all of my ways. And I believe you will direct my path, the path of these in this building, and the path of our church. You're going to straighten it out. You're going to exalt the low places and bring low the high places. You're going to make the crooked place straight. You're going to make streams in the desert places. We believe it this morning and we declare 2 Corinthians, Paul said, We believe, therefore we speak. So we open up our mouth and we declare what we believe. That you are the Lord God Almighty and nothing is impossible with you. Only believe. Put your hands together and give God the praise this morning. He's working it out. Believe that the Lord wants to make an opportunity right now for you is there needs on anyone's heart that you want us to pray with you about before we leave this morning physical need financial whatever's on your heart that you want to share so people